0: Six years ago, Ellis Hammond's entire mission changed. He was a full-time college pastor with vision and passion, but broke. Now a full-time real estate entrepreneur, Ellis is the founder of Kingdom Real Estate Investors, the number one community for faith-driven leaders impacting the world through real estate investing. If you're a kingdom-minded real estate investor or entrepreneur seeking to advance God's kingdom outside the church walls, welcome to the Kingdom REI podcast, where Ellis interviews Christian entrepreneurs and investors focused on advancing God's kingdom through real estate investing. Enjoy the show. Welcome back, everyone! to The Kingdom REI podcast. I am joined today with a fantastic guest, a guy that uh, has become a real friend, partner, just a real contributor to the Kingdom REI community. Because if, if you're if you're serious about not just kind of peddling into real estate, but really going big, you know, and, and being able to leave your nine to five and really build a business around this, especially around capital raising, I have a tremendous guest you today he uh, is an incredible entrepreneur incredible business owner he serves as the capital raising coach for the kingdom rei community a great shiny bald head without further ado i want to introduce you guys to bronson hill welcome to the show my man
1: i was excited to be here man that's quite an intro i don't know if I, I think you need to be my hype man wherever i go then just you know well
0: i'll even add some more he does spartan <laughs> races you know <laughs> Dude, let's talk about spartan races real quick like. All right, so here's my thing with Spartan races. I've been I've been invited to do a couple of these crazy things where you jump in the mud, and you do all this stuff. Like, listen, I played college ball. My entire freshman year, we had to wake up at 5:30 a.m. Okay, It's cold as you know what, and I'm out there rolling around in the dirt. And so, when someone invites me to do a Spartan race, I'm like, I'm gonna. And I did not. This was not fun stuff, by the way. Right? Like, this was you were forced to do this. So when someone's like, Hey, come pay money to be punished, I gotta. I just got this mental block so what does it do for you like you know is it just like i'm trying to tap into something like what is the hype around these spartan races
1: well i think i you know in general i'm a goals guy you know when you have big goals you get you get big things done but they say you know in general our bodies are getting weaker over time you're seen the movie wally wally with the little cartoon character and yeah. these guys are like these big fat guys they just sit, there, they just sit around and everything's on ai and they don't really do anything well if you can do, you know, it wasn't possible up till about 80 years ago that you actually could be at seven degrees Fahrenheit all the time. So there's ways you can challenge your body, whether it's through heat, it's through cold and do cold plunging, it's through going out and having good, you know, good race. So, uh, Spartan races, for those that aren't familiar, you carry heavy things up a hill, you throw things, you, you know, run through mud, you do all kinds of crazy stuff. If you make mistakes, you do burpees, uh, which is basically jumping up and then doing a push up, and doing a bunch of those. And so I think it's something that continues to make you, you better. And I think a lot of people have, you know, great, you know, financial health, you know, they've got great income coming in, they've got great resources, but their physical health is is not good. And so this is something, it's an investment in my physical health. So if I have a goal there, I can compete against myself, compete against others, feel like I can really be in great shape. I'm in probably the best shape of my life now. And so it's just giving me a goal in that area to really, you know, move forward and, and become stronger.
0: Yeah, I love that. Well, I do think you're right. I mean, the idea of challenging your body is such a good like I, I saw a uh, post the other day that men over 30 like 90% of men over 30 will never sprint again in their life and I was like holy crap and I don't think I'd sprinted for like I mean I, I played you know di- different stuff different intramurals but I had not sprinted in a while and I'm like wow that's true I haven't actually sprinted in probably a month or two so every Friday now I go and just do sprints because I'm like I'm not going to be that statistic but I think you're right it's so easy to just kind of fall in that trap of like hey, let me just go to the gym, hit the treadmill, do my kind of normal weights, but not to really challenge your body in a big way. So I love that. And I do, you, do you think that has benefits for you in business as well, or maybe even in your faith?
1: Yeah, I think it has it has benefits kind of in every area. I think, um, you know, I follow some of these gurus that do personal development stuff. And I know Tony Robbins, he jumps in a cold plunge first thing every morning. I know we've you know, I've talked about that. You need to get like yeah. a cold plunge right next to your bed so you can jump in. And but you <laughs> yeah. know, there's, some, there's something that
0: happens. You, I need someone to put me in before I wake up. That's what I need. Yeah. To I'll do. come over <laughs> just with a
1: big bucket of ice water just pour right on your face, you know, right? When you're yeah. sleeping. <laughs> but, but I think it's the idea of like, you know, when you do things that are hard for you, things that you didn't think were possible. I remember when I was, you know, six years ago, I weighed 30 pounds more than I do now. And so I was mm-hmm. able to lose that weight and keep it off. And so I think having goals, particularly in health areas, I think we can look at different areas of our life, our spirituality, our financial health, our physical health, our relationships, and we can neglect one of those areas. We neglect our family. We neglect our relationships We neglect, neglect our health. And I mean, there was a study that came out in men's health. I think a couple of years ago that said, uh, over 30 years. So like from, I think it was from 1990 to 2020, that adult males are on average, 13 pounds heavier. So just on average, you take the total, and that doesn't seem very significant, whatever that that's very significant. That on average we're just that much heavier. So um, I, I think just in general, being at a healthy body weight, being active. Um, you know, if you're if you're somebody that achieves, I'm a big goals person. So my goal this year is to write 80 books. And I, I 80 run, books. 80 books. I think I'm at like 50 so far. 52 so far. I'm on the track for that. Maybe even to go pace that to write a book. You know, I'm almost done with that. So like, there's different things I have in different areas of life, and I think you can be great in one area. We, we see all these stories of people that she achieve amazing success in one area. But yet their rest of their life is just, you know, they're not where they want to be. So I think that, that goal setting process is valuable in all areas for sure. I love it.
0: Dude, if you guys can't tell, you're around a driven dude, man. You, That's why I love having this guy part of the community. I learned so much from him. So this is going to be an awesome show if you're serious about growing as a capital raiser um, and really building a business around raising money for real estate deals or for whatever, because you're now working on an oil and gas deal, right? And you might call that real estate or not, but alternative investment. So we're going to talk about building a skill today that I think uh, really has the power to transform transform your life. So, uh, Bronson, let me pray for us, man, and we're going to jump in. Father, we thank you, thank you for this man, Bronson. Thank you for his testimony. Thank you for his strength. Thank you for uh, his integrity. Thank you for his energy. Just thank you for his health. And Lord, I pray that you continue to bless him, grow his just his territory, and God grow what's just his influence. Lord, with his book coming out, I just pray a blessing over him because I know we need more more. Uh, righteous men, men who want to seek your faith, uh, face God. Men who desire to do good, to help others, to make the name of Christ be known. Uh, who are flourishing, who who are influencing, who are speaking into other men and women's lives. And so, God, I just I just pray for everyone who's listening to the show would pray a blessing over Bronson today. And Lord, I pray that that would come back tenfold to us as well. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't know. I actually just pray. I don't, typically don't. Pray for my guests like that, but today I felt strongly just to just pray for you specifically because I know you got a lot coming, a lot coming out in terms of your book and stuff, man. And this conference we're going to talk about. So, anyways, I don't know where that came from, but the Lord's got something for you because I didn't plan awesome, that. Love it,
1: love it. Take all the prayers. Uh, I did in the meantime,
0: <laughs> dude. First of all, let's let's save the conference thing because I think we got a little something special we can offer to folks later if they stay on, they listen to this show. But I want to talk about what you've been able to do you know, breaking into real estate, earning six figures of income, a lot of it passive now, right from capital raising, map that out for us, man, like how you decided how you chose to do this business from like, just even even help people understand what's possible. If you just focus on kind of one thing, one skill, Like, what is the skill? Is the first question I want to ask you when it comes to capital raising that people need to build. And then what is possible once that skill actually begins to develop and grow?
1: Oh, there's a whole lot of great stuff in there. I'm trying to think of the one skill. When someone
0: says, I'm a capital raiser, or hey, you can make money capital raising, what does that even freaking mean, dude? What is the skill behind capital raising?
1: So I would say capital raising has to do with building relationships, really trying to create value. You know, if you can create value. So there's two questions really people ask when they're going to work with someone. The first one is, can I trust you, right? No matter what it is, whether it's, can you fix my car? are Are you reputable? Are you, you know, or somebody's doing something to help you? Is this somebody that I can trust? Like, is this just a trustworthy person? The second thing is, you know, can you help me, right? Is there a level of competence there and everything? So, I think when you, especially when people are starting out capital raising or raising money for real estate, um, a lot of times we come from another background. I was a medical sales guy for 10 years. I was a youth pastor. I did some different things. And you know, all those things apply, like the sales stuff, it all applies, but I had to really get good at okay, why do why am I interested in this? And telling the story of why I'm doing it and why others should be interested in doing it. So to me, the biggest thing that I wanted to do is I wanted to have control. Over my time. A lot of people say they want financial freedom, but really what they want is they want time freedom. They want to be able to take a vacation, take a day off, go on a trip, write, you know, write a book, do things that require more time than just, hey, I'm working my regular job and I'm really grinding there and I just, I don't know the way I can do this. So to me, um, I, I think, you know, I mean, there's a lot that obviously goes into it, but I think if you can create value where people see, uh, you know, hey, this person is, is educating me. They're helping us. It's it's really what you're doing with your show with Kingdom Mario, what we're doing with the mastermind, really creating value for people Then people say, Hey, I trust this person. And, and, you know, can this person really help me? And then they're drawn to that. And so that's really, I think why doing some of these online, you know, the, the podcasts, the shows, the YouTube, the books, whatever, it's, it's really a way we can go one to many and really say, Hey, I really think this is a great tool. A lot of people can use to grow their wealth.
0: It's figuring out more and more ways to build trust with people. And if you want to grow your business, your point is I mean, traditionally you would go to the country club or you would f- find different places. You could go and network one-on-one, which may still be a great idea for many, right? Especially if you're nowhere to go to kind of find high net worth type folks who can invest a lot of money. But what's interesting, Bronson, is you and I really didn't start that way. You and I both started as uh, as pastors, as, as, <laughs> as missionaries. Yeah right in ministry. So we didn't really have the privilege of get, I, I, I've never even had a golf membership, man. Like I don't, you know, never even been part of a country club. So talk about that a guy like you, right? Like, how one, how did you change your identity from this youth pastor, to a guy that actually can be trusted to invest? I mean, how much have you raised up to this point? Four years uh
1: raised ago? about 35 million so far. So yeah, in the last four or five years. Dollars. Yeah. So that's a lot. you know. Somebody's asking me, like, they're like, is it amazing to think back and look at all the things you've accomplished the last four or five years? I'm like, yeah, it is. It really, and, and really comes from like putting one foot in front of the other. And that's why I tell people that are starting out or haven't done it, it's like, oh yeah, this one person did it. But I've always been the person that if somebody else did it, then obviously, and I look at, honestly, maybe I'm just a little bit like I have a big ego or something, I look at people, I'm like, you know, they don't really seem that smart. They don't really seem that talented. Like I could do that, you know? Totally. And I realize I think sometimes we undersell our own ability or our ability to actually do something great. But I think really where I see most people trip up with this, Ellis, is they don't actually make a commitment or a decision to actually do it. You know, Tony Robbins says it's in your moments of decision that your destiny yeah. is shaped. And I think there's a spiritual principle there too. When you accept Jesus in your heart, That's that that affects you for eternity. When you make a decision, I made that decision, you know, three years, less than three years from now, I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do whatever it takes. I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I made that decision and I did everything I possibly could to get there. And I knew it was going to be him working 30, 40 hours in my regular job and I'm working, you know, 20, 30 hours over here in real estate. But I knew eventually I'd get there and I was able to do it in less than three years. And so I think it comes from making that decision and really making the commitment.
0: Wow. I can't agree more. When that young man came to me and said, Else, I don't have enough money to buy groceries this month," and I said, "I will become wealthy, so that I'll never have to say no to this guy again," I had no idea how to I, real estate. I didn't real estate was not on the radar. I just made the decision, and I think that's such a good step, man. And I want to title this episode today, "The Blueprint for Raising Thirty Five Million Dollars," because I think that's what you're going to be able to do for people. And I think that is step number one: is you got to make the decision. And dude, you know what I find in this community as well that we're, that we're leading is that we've been told or we believe, like one is what what I see, man, most often, and you can speak to this is that most people don't know what they want, so it's hard to make a decision when you don't know what you want. The other thing though is if you maybe you do know what you want, but you're too ashamed or too scared to actually say what you want. So I want to become wealthy. I will be wealthy. I was a missionary, dude. That was not that was not something that was being celebrated right of like becoming wealthy and so when i said that it was i was in some ways kind of going against everything that was kind of normal at my, in my life at that point and i feel like some folks man are just not given the permission don't feel like they have the permission to be able to say out loud this is what i'm going after and so any, anything you can speak to that man of like what it even takes maybe to make the decision mentally
1: i think it, it's really interesting um i have noticed you know in my life I, over the last, which, the last six years, um, every time I have a breakthrough in my personal life, it almost always leads to a breakthrough in my business. And a lot of it comes through just how we, what we believe about ourselves. A lot of times we will say, "Oh, that's just not me. I'm not that person. I couldn't get up and do what Ellis does, or I couldn't get up and you know raise that mic. I couldn't do it." But you know, if you don't believe it, then no one else is going to believe it. And that's kind of one of the first rules of sales. Like if you're selling something and you don't believe in the product, like you better you know. Find something else to sell or something else to do. So the biggest thing is you've got to get to a place where you've got to change those tapes that are playing in your mind that are negative that say, you know, I'm not enough, I'm not good enough, I could never do this, and be someone who's saying, hey, you know, I I can do this, and you know, no matter what it takes, I'm going to get there. So a lot, a lot of it is mindset. Um, And then once you begin to believe that, and again, there there are very practical things you can do from there. You know, once you kind of have that uh, solidified. But I think if you, we, we talk about this a lot, Ellis, is really getting in the right rooms. You know, Kingdom REI, the mastermind is, is we see a lot of people that have committed and paid money, you know, substantially to be in that room and you get around people that are really serious. And so I pay a lot of, you know, 50 to hundred grand a year, probably to be in, I know you as well, to be in the right rooms yeah, because that's how you get better. I mean, it's just, you get around people like, you know, we can go down the list, Brandon Turner or Tim Tebow or some of these guys that you and I get around, like. Like, you know, you were around them and just something by the way they share, you're like, it really inspires you. Oh, I I could. Why couldn't I do that? Right.
0: Here's what I'll say, man. I'd rather go broke paying to be in the right rooms than go broke on my own, because here's what I know i i'll go broke investing into masterminds networks communities because what's happening is my belief in myself and what's possible is expanding rapidly the ideas of what i can do the business opportunities so i may be going broke in the short term but i know over the long term man this investment where most folks say i, I can't afford that or not going to do that and you're still going to go we both may be like hey we're both going broke but the reality is like the opportunities are expanding for me where your opportunities are actually just staying the same or going down right because you refuse to actually invest in yourself so um, I think that's a that's a really good word and a challenging word because I think it's it's tough and, and the right room matters like you know just don't go invest in anything the right room really does matter Let, let's talk about identity then Bronson so the first decision first step is making decision the second step we talk about is identity like okay I now need to change what I believe about myself, that's maybe that decision piece and getting around different people. How did you go about changing the identity, though, from this ministry guy to someone who can actually responsibly invest other people's money?
1: Yeah, so I, I was doing ministry over the years. I had 10 years in medical device sales. I went from being, you know, working in ministry, and I was still, you know, had a Bible study and did things like that. But I was in this kind of medical sales experience, um, and I did well. at I was really good at it. I think one of the shifts I had to make was um, you know, I am I'm, I'm an achiever. So I'm like Enneagram three, which is, you know, if you do personality tests, it's like you and I are like the same personality type. So we do to yeah. achieve and do yeah. big things. It's, we took
0: a personality test, we're really, the same, we literally had the same score.
1: You know. It's like we're so you know we do big things. The downside is we can like do whatever it takes to get the goal. But I also think um you know when, when you're when you're of that type and, and you're you know an achiever there's there's some real positives there. But I think um for me it was hard to be in medical sales and having won awards and being a top performer there to say, it's okay if I'm not the best over here. If I go from being a top rep to be kind of a mediocre sales rep so that I can build up this new business over here, right? This isn't necessarily a popular message, but what I'm saying is you can't be great in every area of your life. You can't be like yeah. 10, 10 out of 10 or, you know, so you gotta figure out what you wanna be really good at. And to me, I had flexibility, the medical sales job, I'd won awards there there things like that. But I, I intentionally, was not as good over there, right? Because I really wanted to pour in and you know, wherever you sow, that's where you're gonna reap. Yes. And there's a lot of people, it's, it's not really like a, like a rocket scientist. You know, I have this, this saying that you know, life has an action bias. What that means is if, if somebody just takes action, if they just keep taking action every day, every week, they're gonna beat somebody who has the best theory or the best ideas. And I get people come to me a lot, oh, how do I do this? And what do I do here? And it's like, you, know, you just need to start taking action every single day, every single week. And if you just take enough action, you'll figure it out. You Okay, well, this didn't work. I'll try this, whatever. There's no shortcut. You've just got to make the decision. You're going to do it. And it just gets, just be okay with making mistakes and trying and you'll figure it out. And that's how people get ahead, right? And I know you do the same. You try some, this didn't work. I'm going to try this. I'm going to try this. And we keep reinventing ourselves until we get to, okay, this is actually producing some results, right?
0: So good. So the, the, I love that in the sense that you, you, the idea you really can serve two masters in that, in that regard, but in the sense that someone is maybe working a nine to five Bronson, right? And they just can't leave their nine to five to start doing this business, you know, let's say they are a pastor or maybe they work in sales or they they, they do other stuff, right? They're they're not an investor, they're they're not an equity raiser. How how can they begin to like for other people, the way other people see them? Yeah, they're still working this job but how can they begin to be treated differently as someone who can be trusted to, to ultimately accept someone's capital to invest in a real estate deal? Yes,
1: yeah, so we talk about this in Kingdom REI and the Mastermind and Accelerator. We talk about the idea of building your power base. I think that's an Ellis Hammond term you came up with, but just no, you know, no, basically building your list where all <laughs> the people that you know, since uh, we actually have a teacher in our group that uh, you know, somebody's having trouble coming up with 50 names or something. And she had like 650 you know names and she's a high school teacher, right? These are all former students and friends and people. And she just knows a lot of people. And so, you know, what she started to do, and this is a great way to do, just start to email people. Hey, this is what I like about real estate investing. This is, these are ways to reduce taxes, whatever. And so what happens is you start putting that out there and you give people a chance to respond. Hey, if you're interested, reach out or here's a way to schedule a call. Um, people will reach out or at least they'll read it and they'll say, Oh, that's interesting. And they'll start seeing, Oh, this person is doing something different than just teaching or just sales or just other things. And that it's not a surprise that, oh, hey, when you, when you have a deal to present that all of a sudden, hey, there's this deal that we're working on. And, and then when people get a, hey, would you like to join me in this investment? It's not out of the blue. It's not like, I've Exposure. never heard anything from this person on real estate and all of a sudden, well, that was weird, you know, where did that come from? You know? So it's just it, it basically people wonder, do you start raising money or do you have a deal first? And I think what you do is you start educating people mm. and that kind of primes the pump for when you have a deal you've got people that are already used to hearing from me, be three or four emails, maybe a weekly or monthly email, but people are used to, Oh, this person is actually doing something in That's this Christ. space. I
0: maybe get her emails so that you know, I know who we're talking about here. Um, I get her emails and do like, by the fourth or fifth email, I'm like, dang, this girl knows what she's talking about like, you know, like, it took me a while. I was like, oh, Okay, I know what she's doing. I'm coaching her to do this and by like the fourth or fifth email. I'm reading her emails, bro. I'm like, learning something from her you know and so even the guy who's coaching her who knows what she's doing it's working on me yeah yeah And so imagine what someone else right is thinking that's getting those emails and i remember when i started in this i was a pastor i just started posting on linkedin every single day And it was amazing that what that would do, I would go to sit down at coffee or wherever I would go, whoever I was talking with, they'd be like, dude, I see you everywhere. Like every time I open up my phone, I see you. I wasn't everywhere. I was just like the only person that they follow posting on LinkedIn, (laughs) you know, and that exposure. So I think that's right on, man. You gotta start, you gotta get out there. You gotta start educating. I love that. Does the deal come first or do you start raising capital first? No, start educating first. You gotta start building that reputation before.
1: Absolutely, and that's that's 100 true. I think it's you know a lot of times um, you know it's interesting. The person that I started working with, I raised 100k. People like, well, how do you get started? What's the first thing you do? Well, you start emailing people you know. I started a meetup in my area, and I went to somebody who I was going to their meetup, and I said, hey, let's start one that's just on multifamily. So we started a multifamily meetup, and I promoted, and we had 60 people there at the first meeting. And a guy came up to me I never know, never never met. And he just said, Hey, I, I'd invested in one of your deals. And I didn't really think he was talking to me. I was like, What the heck? Like, like but what I wasn't. Deals? Yeah, I do. And I was like, I don't have any deals. So I got together with him. He's my first investor, invested in 100K. But because it wasn't because I was an expert, it's because I was in the front of the room. Totally. So, but the idea is when you can be positioned as a leader or an expert, that's a great way for people to see you in that. And also, kind of, to lead from that, from that first experience. I went about six months later, I kept trying to find deals. Well, I, I met, I followed a guy that I'd been kind of following for a while. And when I met him, I just came out. I was like, hey man, how's it going? Whatever. And I realized like this guy didn't know who I was, but because I'd listened to his podcast for months and listened to every podcast, I spent hours with the guy, right? So he developed so much credibility with me, even though I didn't know him. And even though know, yeah. I'm, I'm a little gregarious, as you know, like I, sometimes I can be a little, bit, a little bit, you know, wild and gregarious. But, uh, but what it led to was that it was a partnership with this guy. But I've just realized people that do it well uh, they find a way to get to the front of the room. They find a way to be a leader in the space. And again, to be a leader, you can just be the person asking questions. You can be like the lead, like, I don't know, how does this work? Whatever. And by doing that, like it positions you in that way. Yeah. And also if you find a way you can do that instead of one on one from one to many, whether it's in front of a room or it's in front of a podcast mic. Let me
0: ask you that for someone who's like, Well, I, I want to start educating, but I don't I don't know anything, dude. I'm a pastor or I'm a you know nurse or I'm a teacher. What I've seen you do, man, is you, you know, and we did something similar, is you have like talk about your strategy of how you can educate even though you don't know anything. One of the ways, like what, what's the strategy behind doing that?
1: So the strategy behind it is um a lot of times if you're a curious person and you can just ask good questions. A lot of times people come up to me after meetings and or like a webinar and they'll say, you know, that was so I'm so glad you asked that question because I had that question. I didn't I didn't want to ask it, I was too shy to ask it. So if you ask really good interviewers, whether it's Oprah or anybody else, like They're just really good at asking questions, and there's a real skill that if you're just somebody who is relatable and you can, you know, reflect what someone said, break it down for people, and ask questions, um, it really can help people, right? Because, and actually, sometimes it's better the less you know, because you're asking more basic questions. The people that don't know what, you know, just are really new to it, they're gonna get a lot out of it because you're more where they're at, right? So I think if you just ask and you're willing to be bold and ask some of those questions that might be a little embarrassing to ask. Like, what does this actually mean? Or what does that term mean? Or what's this about? Or what do you, in this case, or explain it. A lot of people really appreciate that.
0: And so you are creating a platform. So it's essentially you've, you know, you've done this on YouTube or webinars where you're inviting the expert, right? To talk about this strategy, then how you actually turn this. So this would be step three then like, okay, now we have to actually start growing that lead base, right? Growing our our investor base. Talk about how then you use this curiosity, this moderator as a lead generating strategy for your business.
1: So I, I do this once a month. I think one thing we've talked about, you and I've talked about Ellis and my business and this, this, my business took off when I did this, but I started basically having expert panels, right? I'm a good networker. I can get really great people like Ken McElroy or Mark Moss or Russell Gray or just some really great, oh, by people. the way, when you
0: say you're a great networker, you pay to go to a lot of this stuff, too. So the reason you right. get Russell Gray, you get these guys, you've <laughs> paid for their stuff. And I always say you want to do business with people do business with people. Yeah. So you spent money on their programs.
1: So, so I'm good at paying for networking. I guess. Yeah, that's... <laughs> dude, people ask me how I got
0: Ryan Pineda or how am I get Brandon Turner yeah. on the show? Dude, because i paid for their stuff, man. Like yeah. I'm in yeah. their in their environments.
1: Yeah. And, and that and that helps. Yeah. And so but when you, so talking about this idea of being, you know, an interviewer, being somebody who's creating value. So I'll get, you know, three of these people up on, I think this next week we've got a, a real estate panel coming up with some awesome people. But I'll basically be up there and I, I ask good questions, but i try to position it as well. Not only am I leading this panel, right, which there gives credibility there but I'm also going to like answer the question myself. I'm also going to treat, I'm just going to like interview myself while I'm on this panel. Right. So I'm not just like a news anchor guy who's like, Oh, tell me what you think about will and like doing interviews. I'm like interviewing. And then i also say, like, well, here's what I think about this too. Right. So I'm like, and which is amazing because then you get to like do an interview and then you get to kind of give your thoughts and moderate as well. Yeah. So again, I think you do a great job of this, Ellis, where you get to basically say, Oh, what do you think about this? Tell me about this. Tell me about that. And you get to answer it and then you can say, well, in my experience, we do it this way. And that's, that's credibility when you yes. can say, you know, in my experience and, and maybe it's not, you know, tens of millions of dollars or big real estate deals, but, um, it could be, Hey, you know, this is what we did in the single family thing. And this is my experience here. That gives credibility, right? Totally. So that's what you're doing. Well, and
0: in the beginning though, like I, I didn't know, I didn't freaking have opinion. I didn't have experience. So I would take that, that knowledge that I gained and I would, I would. Redistribute it maybe in the form of an email. Hey, guys, I learned this from this expert, right? Like, yeah. and here's how this is shaping, impacting. Maybe this is what they would recommend, right? And, and to your point, like, you begin to form opinions and experiences the more you get that. But at the beginning, like, you're just the curiosity machine, like, that's generating the content, right? And I think that's, I've loved how you've done that. You've done that. I've done that from podcasting. You've done that from webinars. To make this clear for folks, though, the, the way it becomes a lead generation machine what's the secret sauce of this though bronson like how do you get the traffic
1: well i think you know there, there's a there's a few parts to it and we teach all this in, in the programs the accelerator and the, the mastermind group kingdom rei so if anybody's interested have a call it will change your life but the idea that you have your your power base but then there's this thing where you kind of turn from the people you know like how can i reach people i don't know how can i start reaching their friends how can i start reaching other people So the biggest thing and somebody taught me this is that you shouldn't just go out and i'm going to do all these podcasts and i'm going to do interviews i'm gonna go speak at things you should build a website where you have a name of your business you got some things you're doing you're working on. even if you don't have any just put some people on there and here's what i'm you know sample deals here's what i'm doing and then put a lead magnet on there which a lead magnet is if if you go to any website these days any you know it could be a a, you know best buy and there's some coupon when you go in. if you put your email in, you get a coupon right well it's the same thing we're doing right we're capturing the email For some, some, you know, I have my ebook, which is how to use inflation to your advantage. So what will happen is when you're on a podcast or you go somewhere, it draws people to your website. Yeah, If you have a website, you don't have a good lead magnet. People are going there, but they're not downloading. And if it's just, hey, join my newsletter, no one's going to join your newsletter, right? You have something that's actually like, hey, I really want that. I want what that thing is. And so then they exchange their email for the for the thing of value, and then you can start sending them emails. You have a welcome series, you send them stuff, and what happens is people warm up to you, and that's how you grow your list. Is you find a way to provide something of value again, whether it's a webinar, whether it's a podcast, or it's some of this, but you're always trying to drive them to uh, a lead magnet where you can capture their information, and that you can basically now start to uh, to give them things that are, are more valuable over time.
0: And and what I've seen you do a really good job of is. You know, let's say you have this panel on inflation. I just love how you're you're combining these strategies, so you get the Ken McElroy's to come on. Well, people who listen to Ken McElroy listen to Ken McElroy, right? So, like, if it don't matter if Ken McElroy's on his own show or if Ken McElroy's on Bronson's show, they're going to come to your show to listen to Ken McElroy. Am I right?
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. True.
0: And then so when you say, hey, you know, we're talking about inflation day with Ken McElroy, and then in the show you say, hey, if you want to grab my guide. About how to use inflation to your advantage, then then you're also getting Ken McElroy's audience to come to in your environment, and that that's really how you've started to grow and scale. Am I am I right in that?
1: Yeah. So there's a power. Uh, my friend Russell Gray talks about this that you know as a syndicator, it's like what what should you be doing, right? What what do you what would you say you do around here, right? When it comes to that yeah. uh, office space quote. And it's really two things. One is you're building the business, the business of syndication, the business of doing deals, the business of networking and finding folks. And then it's the business of building your brand. And a lot of your brand is who you associate with. So if you have a picture with Brandon Turner, I have a picture with Brandon Turner, i got a picture with with Ken McElroy, we haven't something. That's just, I've had people just come hey, I know George Gammon and Mark Moss and Ken McElroy, but I don't know you. And so I need to get to know you. So like, you can just buy it. You're like guilty by association, right? These are the people you hang out with. And you hang out, how do you hang out with people like that? You go to great events, you, you know, unless you buy their stuff, you find ways to get in the room. And it is, it is an investment, but it really has paid off a ton.
0: Talk to me about how someone, okay, so we've educated, we've, people are coming in, there's investors, you know, the guy comes up and he says, hey, I'm ready to invest in your deal. And you're like, what deal? You know, you are a ministry guy by background. I mean, it's not like, you know, when you did your first deal, you didn't know everything about real estate investing, you didn't know how to operate the deal. So what is this business? How does this business even work, Bronson, of being a capital raiser, an equity allocator, you might say, like, how can someone just get good at this one skill and actually still build a profitable business doing that?
1: Well, I think, you know, there's people we talk about, there's kind of two ways to get started, either it's through raising capital uh, or it's being somebody who finds deals. Because typically to, to do a whole deal, you know, 100 units or more, operate some big deal, it's really hard to operate and really feel comfortable doing that as well as uh, having people trust you with the money, right? So I kind of look at it like the stuff we're doing now, we're doing oil and gas and ATM machines and car washes and other things. Well, I don't operate any of those things at all. I'm no more involved in the real estate stuff. But I think that uh, I've I've always valued passive investing. I've always valued the idea that I can find partners to do the work, and going from my single-family experience of having to manage a, a single-family portfolio, even with a property manager, even with you know help, it still was a lot of work. And so um, the idea of you know really having a way to scale your wealth uh, is really powerful. So I think for as as somebody who raises capital, who works with partners, um, you know, obviously I'm involved in other levels as well. But I think people invest because. They trust you or they've trust you, they, they trust you and they also trust you in, in what the investment is, right? So if I can speak in and say, hey, these are the risks that I see in this deal, or here's the things that you know, there's always typically one to two primary risks in a deal. And if somebody just comes up and says, hey, everything's great and look at these projections, it's going to be to the moon. I think that's a mistake. A lot of people that are raising capital in the beginning, they think their projections should be way higher and they make the numbers look really good and whatever. I think you should actually make your numbers not look not as good and to be really honest about hey, here's the risks or here's what kind of the challenges are. But um, i think i think in general it really is a business of trust it's really a business of really trying to provide value and you know if you can do that effectively and you can continue you know building relationships people want to they, they want to have a relationship with you right they don't just want to like hey i invested i never heard from this guy they, they want to have good communication they want to get in touch if they reach out they want to get a response they don't want an email to give you know they returned a week or two later or not at all. They want to get here back. So I think those are all things that just show, Hey, we're being trustworthy in what we're doing here. We're reaching out, we're helping out and we're doing everything we can to provide that investor experience.
0: I got a question for you. So, you know, we've seen, you know, it was pretty easy to raise money for the last couple of years. Deals were everywhere. Valuations were crazy. And we both probably know groups that are not doing so well right now, and and folks who raise money for those groups that you know weren't very professional in what they do. I, just what like benefit like tips you can maybe share, and have gone and been doing this for the last couple of years. We even talked about that you weren't involved in, but you saw. You know, we know of a big scam in this industry, like what would you recommend as someone who's going to be on the capital side, looking for partners that they can trust and do business with, who's going to treat their money and their investors money. Like, What what are you now looking for in terms of that operator, that business?
1: So a few things, I mean, it comes down to just, you know, you can think that this for this is as a passive investor, as well as a capital raiser, because it's the same same process really. Um, But I think really looking for, what are the values? What does somebody say they value? I used to think we all have the same values. Doing this, that people are going to communicate well, and we're going to have you know transparency. We have a long-term partnership. I just realized like a lot of operators don't really have those values, and yeah. in, in actually what they do. So I try. I'm trying to really listen to what people say, um, and just you know I think the biggest thing. Uh, I have a book coming out called Fire Yourself: Replace Your Working Income with Passive Income in Three Years or Less, and it's basically there's a thing about vetting people, and, and one of the biggest things we can do. It's not really a tangible thing. But it has to do with listening to your gut so there there's a writer that talks about this that says you know a lot of us will have information come at us and every all the information sounds great but something right in here like just says you know it just doesn't feel something doesn't quite feel right here or I'll have more somebody says this you know my wife just said that blah, blah blah she just feels really weird about it right she's not even a best it she'll have some feeling about it right and so the gut will give a lot of information that sometimes we can't quantify why we feel that way and so i think it's important to pay attention to that stuff and even till we pray about stuff there's you know god can help us with that way too but i mean it's not that everything has gone perfect but i just think you learn over time okay who really has the same value who's really looking for a long-term partnership here who's really actually truly being conservative because in five years my goal is every investor would say man this has been an amazing experience and i've referred friends and family and done multiple deals with you guys it's the best decision i've ever made and I don't want to be like, man, that really sucked. you know. <laughs> and, and, you know, people have those experiences, experiences investing because of who they choose as partners.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's solid, man. It, any tip, to And I know we talked about this in Kansas City not too long ago about the type of maybe that first investment, like how how key it is to kind of get a good, like give investors a good win up front. Like the type of deal maybe someone's looking at doing in the first deal that they would bring capital to any, any advice or things you've learned along the way in that?
1: I mean, I would say in general, uh, real estate is very understandable for people. So it's a good one to start with. A lot of people have friends and family. You can get like a 506B deal, which is for accredited investors and non-accredited investors. So you can get both friends and family and others in there. That's kind of a good one to start with. Um, I would say things that are higher risk or, you know, super, you know, we've been on some that are kind of more VC kind of uh, you know, really high upside if it works, and if not, it's like it's not going to work, or we're going to lose all the money. But there are deals out there like that, so I just think having a deal that's a steady cash flow deal with a good operator, um, it's hard for your first deal to get like a really good operator to say, hey, I'm going to work with you. Like if you go to Ken McElroy, and hey, I want to raise money for or, like with you, work with you, he's like, I got all the money I need, right? Like yeah. they've been doing this for thirty years. Yeah. But I think um, finding somebody who's got you know five, 10 years or more of experience, some some exits, things like that, that would be a really good match for a lot of people that are just starting out
0: yeah and I, and I love the idea of like something that cash flows because if you can get results for people quickly, even if you haven't hit the whole overall return yet it shows that it's working and I think yeah. you know doing a deal that doesn't pay for maybe a year or two years' that's some of the deals we did early on that really hurt us right because I still have investors who were still like in a big flip type apartment situation, and it's like man I listen, I'm in two deals with you, but I haven't seen anything yet well, I'm like, well, that was the business plan, but it doesn't matter because the there, there's not proof yet, right? The check hasn't been delivered, and so if you can do deals, even if the return overall return is lower, but the initial distribution is sooner, I really recommend that for people as well to think about that. Ross, I know we got to yeah. go here in just a second, man, but I want to give you an opportunity because I know we'll be together in LA not too long. You got an awesome conference coming up. I want people to know what this is, and and you know, you know how how, how do they get access to it through this show? Uh, to be able to come and be a part of this?
1: Yeah, thanks, man. No, I'm really excited to uh, to have this. It's called the Advanced Real Estate Investing Summit. We've got Ken McElroy, Neil Bawa, Mark Moss, Russell Gray, a whole handful of people. Uh, it's a two-day event, um, October 19th and 20th. Uh, the website is A-R-E Summit. So the letter's A-R-E Summit.com. And if you use the code SUMMIT20, you can save 20% uh, on the admission. So would love to see you there it's going to be a blast um also if people want to reach out you can find me at bronsonequity.com we've got our ebook i mentioned or you can check out our investment club
0: yeah aresummit.com and then use code summit20 so summit 1t everybody summit20 make sure you go get your ticket october 19th and 20th bronson i'll be there i always recommend upgrade to the vip you'll you won't regret it uh, I'll be there we'll get to have dinner together you know we just talked about today about getting in the room with people and this is a very very affordable conference especially in a VIP package to sit next to Bronson, Ken McElroy, Neil Bowell, all these people he's talking about I can't recommend this enough so October 19th and 20th Aresummit.com and I uh, hope to see so many of there Bronson I'm grateful for you man I'm excited about all the things we got coming up and I know you got to go from here because you're about to launch a webinar for an oil and gas opportunity. So yeah, we've got right.
1: a deal. we're launching today. So I'm excited for that. But thanks, man. I really appreciate you having me.
0: Go get them, man. We'll talk soon. Okay,
1: okay. thanks.
0: Everybody, thanks for joining in today. If you enjoyed this episode, let us know by sharing this on, on Instagram or LinkedIn or Facebook, wherever you do social media. And uh, grateful for everybody. We'll see you next week. Cheers. Hey, just because the show's over doesn't mean the journey is... Listen, if you're a faith-driven real estate professional or investor, then you'll want to go to TheKingdomREI.com to learn about our mastermind. If you're interested in investing alongside me in alternative investments like multifamily apartment complexes, then head to EllisHammond.com to learn more about that. Cheers.